Welcome, podcast friends. We have a fantastic episode for you today. Last year, we published The Best Investment Writing, Volume 4. We offered authors the opportunity to record an audio version of their chapter to be released as a segment of the podcast, and listeners loved it. This year, we're once again bringing you the entire volume of The Best Investment Writing, Volume 5, in podcast format. You'll hear from some of the most respected money managers and investment researchers from all over the world. Enough from me. Let's get to our guest and let them take over this special episode. This audio paper is for professional investors only. I'll be reading a summary of the paper When Equity Factors Drop Their Shorts by David Blitz, Guido Baltesen and Pim van Fleet, published in the Financial Analyst Journal in 2020. The authors work for Rubico, a pure play asset manager headquartered in Rotterdam, the Netherlands. Rubico has been a global leader in sustainable investing since 1995 and integrates sustainability in its quantitative and fundamental research to offer institutional and private investors an extensive selection of active investment strategies. David is chief quant researcher, Guido is co-head of quant fixed income and Pim is co-head of quant equities. To find out more about Rubico and the authors, visit rubico.com or find us on social media. Long-short factor portfolios are typically constructed on the assumption that the two legs are complementary drivers of factor premiums. In our research paper, we critically assess this notion by breaking down the farmer French-style portfolios, namely low-risk, momentum, value, profitability and investment, into their long and short legs. In our study, we examined the long and short sides of farmer French factor portfolios and found that the added value of common factors is generally concentrated in the long legs. There's abundant evidence for the existence of factor premiums in the equity market, such as value, momentum, and low risk. Standard academic factor portfolios take hypothetical long positions in stocks with attractive characteristics and then combine them with short positions in stocks with unattractive characteristics. Therefore, factor premiums can be disentangled into a long leg premium and a short leg premium. So the long-short approach assumes that both legs contain information that's relevant for investor portfolios and for understanding asset prices. But the legs may be subject to different dynamics and asset pricing implications. Numerous academic papers contend that short selling faces constraints, which implies that mispricing on the side of overvaluation is considerably harder to correct than mispricing on the side of undervaluation. Researchers have argued that factor premiums increase with limits to arbitrage, which are arguably more binding on the short side. Consequently, one might expect factor premiums to be stronger on the short side. But in practice, shorting individual stocks is not frictionless. One reason for this is that short positions involve additional costs, particularly borrowing fees. Another consideration is, as one study found, that short positions are significantly less liquid than long positions. And then there's the fact that investors face various implementation hurdles. Many stocks can be sold short only to a limited extent, while some can't be shorted at all, and existing short positions may be recalled unexpectedly. What's more, the stocks that are designated for shorting are typically stocks that are harder and more expensive to short. As an example to illustrate the point, researchers demonstrated that shorting fees are more than three times higher than normal for the short leg of value, momentum, 
volatility-related and profitability portfolios. In fact, they argue that anomalies disappear for stocks with low lending fees. Short selling also entails additional risks, such as the potential for unlimited losses, short squeeze scenarios in which investors are unable to close their short positions, counterparty risk and reputational risk because the media can take a critical stance towards short sellers. Finally, there may be legal impediments to short selling. For instance, many countries have either a partial or a full ban on short selling. In light of these considerations, we argue that examining the long and short dimensions of factor premiums separately is important for a proper understanding of factor premiums and how to build efficient factor portfolios. The issues involved with shorting individual stocks can be solved effectively by hedging the market beta of a long-only factor portfolio with liquid derivatives on broad market indices. With this approach, one can capture the performance of the long legs of factor premiums. The performance of the short legs can be isolated in a similar fashion, that is, by considering the short portfolio in combination with an offsetting long position in broad market indices that brings the market beta to zero. By breaking down commonly studied equity factor premiums over the period 1963 to 2018, we found that the long minus short market approach has offered more value than the full-fledged long-short approach. This applies for individual factors and even more so for a multi-factor combination. Factors can be harvested in both long legs and short legs with positive premiums. However, sharp ratios have been highest for the long legs of factors and lowest for the short legs. We found that a key driver of the higher risk-adjusted returns for long legs is that individual factors have close to zero correlation on their long sides while being positively correlated on their short sides. In terms of findings, we saw that the individual sharp ratios of the long legs of the five factors based on the standard Pharma-French methodology range from 0.31 to 0.61. But for an equally weighted portfolio of the five long legs, the sharp ratio increased to 1.10 because of diversification. And as was the case for the long legs, factor premiums for the short legs were also positive. Furthermore, the size of the factor returns was similar for both the long and short legs. That said, we found that the short legs exhibited higher volatility than the long legs causing three of the five factors, namely value, momentum and investment, to have a lower sharp ratio on the short side than on the long side. The short leg of the momentum factor reflected particularly high volatility, consistent with the findings from multiple researchers that momentum crashes stem from the short legs. For profitability and low risk, their short sides appear to be a little stronger. When all five factors were combined, the long side had a sharp ratio of 1.10 versus only 0.69 for the short side. Consequently, long legs offer better diversification across factors. Further tests revealed that short legs typically have zero or negative alpha after controlling for the long legs. In contrast, long legs generally have a significantly positive alpha that cannot be explained by the short legs. Spanning and optimization tests showed that short legs typically do not improve portfolios containing long legs. 
In other words, the dominant part of factor premiums is generally on the long side and the short legs of factor premiums are subsumed by their long leg counterparts. We also examined the role of size because limits to arbitrage are generally higher in small caps. Many studies have shown that factor premiums tend to be larger in the small cap space than in the large cap arena. We found that the long side of factor strategies exhibited stronger performance and subsumed the short legs both in large caps and small caps. Moreover, starting from the long side of factors in the large cap space, a bigger gain can be obtained by adding the long side in the small cap space than by adding the short side in the large cap space. Similarly, portfolio tests revealed that short legs are of limited value to most investors, whereas long legs in small caps add significant value. We found our results to be robust and consistent over time as to size considerations and in relation to a range of methodological choices. We also saw similar results internationally for various regions around the world and for global versions of the factor strategies. Furthermore, the results could not be explained by tail risk. Our breakdown of factor strategies into their long and short legs also yielded new insights into the low risk and value premiums. The low risk premium derives from the finding that low risk stocks earn high risk adjusted returns, whereas high risk stocks earn low risk adjusted returns. The result is a significant alpha for low risk stocks that's not explained by classic factors such as market, size, value and momentum. However, it's been argued that the low-risk premium is subsumed by the profitability and investment factors, according to Pharma and French. And early findings for the value factor premium have also come under attack, as Pharma and French showed that their classic value factor, based on book-to-market ratios, is rendered redundant by the new investment and profitability factors. By breaking down factor portfolios into their long and short legs, we found that the conclusions from these papers regarding the low risk and value factors are entirely driven by the short sides of these strategies. The short sides of low risk and value are indeed subsumed by the other factors, in particular low profitability and high investment. In other words, the poor performance of high risk and growth stocks can be explained by their resemblance to so-called junk. The performance of the long sides of low risk and value strategies cannot be explained, however, by the long sides of other factors, including high profitability and low investment. This asymmetrical result implies that low risk and value are distinct factors on the long side and that the long short results for these factors are dominated by their different behavior on the short side. For factor-based investors, our results indicate that because the short legs of pharma-French-style portfolios provide no unique alpha, an efficient approach to factor investing is simply to concentrate on the long legs and hedge out the market beta with liquid market index derivatives. But we need to mention a couple of caveats here. First, investing in just the long legs gives only about half the raw return, so double the amount of gross leverage is needed to attain the original return level. Second, the impact of costs should be accounted for. Considering all relevant costs, though, we believe it's unlikely that our conclusions would change fundamentally. Most important in this regard are the magnitude of shorting costs and the feasibility of shorting. 
The conclusion from our analysis should not necessarily be overgeneralized to include the notion that shorting does not add value in general. Our analysis is limited to the long and short legs of five widely used academic factor premiums with portfolios constructed via standard sorting procedures. Although the factors in our study are widely considered to be among the most important drivers of stock returns, we acknowledge that hundreds of alternative factors have been documented and that some of them may obtain most of their performance from the short side. Also, we have not examined portfolios optimized at the level of individual stocks while accounting for various factor or risk-based constraints. (laughs) 